0: Welcome back to the zero weakness podcast where we talk about how to be a better lifter how to be a better coach and everything in between make sure you subscribe and enjoy
1: Hello and welcome to the zero weakness podcast we are back with another episode this podcast is sponsored by establishment coffee co Go to establishmentcoffee.com.au, use the code 025 and get 25% off your order and free shipping We are back with the gang. How are we all doing today?
2: Fantastic.
1: Yeah? I'm great. I'm adequate. You're <laughs> adequate. You're enough. Um, how's our training going? Anyone? Excellent. Not all at once?
0: Excellent. I'm
2: in a high volume block again, which is amazing. Gross. I usually dread them, but I'm loving it. It's so
0: good. What's high volume? What are you doing?
2: Um, I'm doing five by eight of everything at the moment. Yeah. Ugh. I'm going to get jacked. Let's yes. cool.
0: nice. yeah. Damn. Yeah. Is that the goal? Are you <laughs> actually trying to put goal. it weight? That is the goal. Juicy yeah. bridge dog. Are you eating more?
2: Um, I'm going to start tracking again. Yeah. No. Nice. So,
0: yeah. Well, your lasagna yesterday was pretty good. What's that? Your lasagna yesterday. <laughs> <was> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah.
2: Did you have some of that as well? No. Thomas yes. always eats my food.
1: Oh, does so he? Yeah.
2: Damn. When he thinks I'm not
1: looking. Steals my Tupperware. Yeah. <laughs> if it makes you feel better, it's not just your
2: food.
3: How's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. we had some of his cookie yesterday? He yeah. yeah he goes, like, he Who didn't ate want my them. cookie?
2: Oh, I'm did like, you really?
0: Oh, I know. <laughs>
2: I was like, you said you didn't want them. You said you didn't like them. Yeah, so we just assumed, okay, well, that means it's yeah, ours. I'm, <laughs> I'm, <a>,
0: I'm, <laughs> I'm open heating it up in the microwave
2: it's and everything. open game. Delicious.
3: It was fucking delicious though. So good. I'll give you that.
0: Well, you're welcome. Happy birthday, guys.
1: <laughs> Wasn't on offer better. Yeah.
2: There's still one in the fridge, the caramel one. Oh yeah.
0: thanks. I've been oh. working. <laughs> I've been working on it. <laughs> Dang. Uh. No.
3: uh my training's going fucking swimmingly. Is that that means good, eh? I swimmingly, don't know. Really yeah, really I don't know. know. I don't know why I said swimmingly. I've never said <laughs> Ru- that. Runningly. <laughs> yeah. Hey. So I've just been uh yeah, just chipping away, lifting weights three times a week, playing basketball once a week, running three times a week. I'm having so much fun with training my gym sessions because now I'm not doing i I'm not powerlifting or prepping for a comp. So my sessions are going for like 35 to 45 minutes. Oh, what a dream. Yeah, it's
1: pretty good. What <laughs> a I'm dream. I'm enjoying it. I can't it. say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's my
3: warm up. Um, actually,
0: with that timing, you should train with Alex Evans.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Except I'll do more than one kilo side raises, <laughs> oh, four kilo uh, overhead press. And this is a guy just for context. So people don't think we're just roasting him. This is a guy who's actually very strong. Yes. When he was powerlifting, he squatted two eighty, he's benched one eighty, deadlifted I don't know close to three hundred or maybe even yeah. three hundred. Oh, wow. Yeah, and now he does jiu-jitsu, and he comes and trains. He's still a he's still a he's huge. Yeah, he's yeah. a he's a big dude, and uh, he comes know. in. His sessions go for what twenty minutes. Comes in with his laundry basket <laughs> with yeah. his laundry basket and his um use like orange juice bottle that's like full <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> full of water. His bottle of water is like a bottle that. Used to have methylated spirits in all the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah, what, Something like that. That's yeah. what it's it like looks a five like. Five liter yeah. bottle. Yeah, yeah. vinegar bottle. Like, yeah. yeah, and yeah, he just comes in here because he loves it. Does twenty minute workouts with like yeah, like I said, all the dumbbells are like under seven kilos. Mm. I seen him back squatting with uh, fives aside the other day, and I was like, that's fucking
1: sick. <laughs> nice. Then then he rolls around for a couple
0: of hours. Mm. Alex is OG. Yeah,
1: he's yeah. a veteran. What about Mate. you, CJ? How's your training? Um, same as Bridget. I'm doing five sets of eight. Everything's sore. Um, the doms is terrible sessions go for too long, but it is fun. It's nice to not be, uh, nervous about, you know, what you're lifting (laughs) that day or wondering if you're going to hit it or not. But yeah, it's good fun. Um, do you get nervous about those numbers you were hitting? Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Especially the ones you haven't picked up yet. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's where i was trying to get it <laughs> <Nah, laughs> tell us
2: about your new uh deadlift pb uh, yeah
1: in deload week yeah in deload mm. week i thought we gotta se- send it one mm. more time yeah i did i pulled 255 off the ground with bumpers and i, I was stoked about that uh, in my prep for the comp comp i missed 250 um and it was with those bumpers and i don't know just made it really personal yeah nah, damn yeah.
3: so you're telling me you didn't really did lift it because you used bumpers no, I'm telling you, I got those bumpers back.
1: <laughs> it was revenge. Okay, okay. Got them revenge. back
0: just like those dummies on the ground. <laughs> Fo- yes. Follow been- CJ and see him bashing <laughs> the heads in of dummies. Yes. Been training
1: at UFC gym and uh, yeah, love hitting bags and and yeah, those ground and pound dummies that I've always watched on TV and all that. So yeah, it's fun to actually see it in real life and <laughs> have a go while everyone's looking at you weird. <laughs> Wait. So are you meant to do that? Yeah, that's what they're for. They're for- oh, I thought pound- you were just being funny. <laughs> no, no, no. Those- those ba- and pound yeah, bags. Yeah, those bags are meant for ground pounding and like, and they got a bit of weight to them. So they do like pick up, I don't know what you call those kind of-
0: It's so aggressive.
1: Yeah. It is. To do it for like three minutes straight or five minutes straight is is so tiring. But it's fun.
0: I think it's so aggressive because when you're punching a bag, you don't see the bag as a human. <laughs> when you're punching that thing, it kind of looks like the shape yeah. of a of a person, and you're so into it. I'm like, damn, I never oh. want to see CJ angry at me. No, no, it's all right. I'm on your I'm on your side, guys.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, no training training has been good. Um,
0: hitting volume PBs, but yeah, it's good fun. Nice, nice. I'm just um. I'm spending five weeks just still rehabbing this adductor so I can squat again because I'm going to squat pretty hard and equipment straight off the bat. So I want to make sure that's golden. So I'm just taking it easy on lower body stuff and bringing in slingshot work for upper body to get ready for jumping in the shirt on Journey to Equipped. And I'm eating next to nothing in, in, in uh, the pursuit of losing a little bit of weight. So it's more just like training, hanging on by a thread with no energy, which feels great. Yes. Is that why you're <laughs>
2: stealing everyone else's food? Because yeah. you're hungry all the time?
0: No, it's just quality control.
1: <laughs> quality control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want bad food in my gym. <laughs> so you consume it.
2: <laughs>
3: let me let me chat. let me test this out. Dang. What's um you know now that you're gonna be training in equipped and you're gonna take equipped training pretty seriously. Yeah. Does do your sessions go for longer or are they harder or what's what's the go? Does does the equipment make you feel better? Like does it make
0: you a and things like that, your hips feel better? Yeah, but it's kinda counterbalanced by how terrible equip feels in general. Yeah. So it definitely feels a little bit like on my cooked hips, it feels a little bit nicer, mm-hmm. but it still hurts. And it, um, it's just different. Yeah. Like it's a, I mean, you've, you've done it. You're a veteran of equipped benching, obviously. I am. Um, <laughs> so that, that just discomfort and weird feeling, it doesn't really go away. Yeah. You know, no, no, no matter how much experience you get in it. So it's, yeah, I, I can't ex- describe it as any other way than, than it's just different.
3: Yeah. Right. And, um, just just a question about some of the equipment that you wear. Like, Do you wear different equipment as you get closer to comp? Like, Do you have comp-specific sizes
0: and shirts and things like that? I do, but I've changed my body shape so much in the last couple of years that a lot of my equipment doesn't fit right anymore. So I bought a new shirt when I stopped equip lifting just because it came up and it was a bargain, and I'm hoping I can squeeze into that, but it's pretty tight at the moment. Um, and I've got two or three suits, but they're all a little bit too big. So I don't know if I'm going to end up buying... A new one, or just squat in a suit that's too big, or gain a bit of weight and then water cut for the comp. Oh, nice! Because I should be able to get a lot out of it if I'm around one fourteen, one fifteen. Yeah, uh, at the moment I'm about one o nine, and I'll be able to 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 eat up to that pretty easily, um, and then the water cut to a hundred and ten will be easy with a twenty four hour weigh in. So. But that's hard. If I do that, then the shirt's definitely not going to fit me. It's, yeah. it's the drama with equipment. Like it, it relies so much on you having a pretty consistent body shape. Yeah. Um, and you kind of have to predict. You know, If you've got a shirt that's a little bit too big now, you got to predict the size that you're going to be leading into the comp. Um, so you train in a shirt that's slightly too big, but as you get a bit bigger leading into the comp, it works differently. Mm-hmm. This is why doing big water cuts for equipment is a little bit dangerous because unless you bloat back up perfectly to the size you were when you were training, if you overdo it, the the equipment can work completely different. You see a lot of lifters bomb and equipped because of that. Yeah, right. Because wow. of the change in their, in their shapes and sizes.
3: You mentioned at the moment you're about 109. Yeah. Is it a comfortable body weight for you right now?
0: Yeah, I feel really good.
3: Yeah. How's, how's that going to feel going up to 115
0: then? Uh, well, I'd, I'd only get that heavy in the last sort of six to eight weeks. Okay. And honestly, because I stay reasonably active, like, cardio-wise, mm-hmm. I, I always feel pretty good. Okay. Um, I'd say anything north of, like, 113, 114 gets a bit uncomfortable walking, like walking buddy in the mornings. Um, but, yeah, I, I wouldn't get that heavy till right at the end, so it's just, you know, part of peaking is you you got to deal with little things like that, like leading into into pro-roll even. Um, once I decided I wasn't going to do the 110, three-lift, I just ate. Mm-hmm. So those last couple of weeks got pretty pretty uncomfortable
3: yeah and how do you deal with that mentally like right now you're in pretty good shape how do you does it bother you like when you're around now
0: uh the only thing that gets to me is that um you know i i I have a pretty active mind Mm -hmm. and walking is is my meditation it's where i get all my thinking my ideas and my planning done Mm -hmm. and so when i can't walk i get a little bit Antsy, a little bit frustrated. It kind of sits in my head a little bit more. So even even these last few weeks with traveling and with um, the rain we've been having, can't walk as much. I get a little bit more on edge than usual, a little bit less calm. That's the only thing. Yeah, yeah.
3: Because I am um, right now I'm as of this morning I was like eighty three point eight kilos. Yeah. And this is the best I've felt in ages, and it's only what four kilos difference or something like that. Yeah. It's crazy how much like just a little bit of weight can make a difference to how you feel.
0: Yeah, well, every, every kilo you drop is a tremendous amount of pressure off joints. Yeah. And just carrying around that lighter body weight feels way lighter than, than the change on the scales actually is. Yeah. It's pretty pretty wild like that. Because
3: week one, when I was running, was fucking hell on earth. Like my ankles, my knees, and I thought my Achilles was flaring back up. But now that I've lost almost, I don't know, three or four kilos, I just feel, I
0: feel good again. Yeah. It's crazy. The, the other thing with, sorry, cut you off, CJ. Right. The, the other thing with just gaining and, and losing weight, I use a CPAP to sleep. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you, you're constantly having to adjust that to accommodate. And sometimes, you know, when you get a bit heavier, if you don't adjust it quick enough, you don't catch it for a few weeks. So you feel like shit for a couple of weeks because you're not sleeping properly or you're choking in your sleep and you don't realize. Then you turn it up and you feel good again. Or in the opposite direction, you wake up feeling really... um uh, foggy and your ears are blocked and it's a weird feeling when the pressure's too high. Uh, it's hard to describe. Yeah, but I mean, right. like, this is very, 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 um... <laughs> In depth. Uh, no, no, very, 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 like, small problems yeah, to yeah. have, you yeah. know.
3: Yeah,
1: sweet. All right, before we get into it, tell us what your grievance of the week is. Oh.
0: I, you know what? I had one earlier this week and I've actually forgotten it. Um... Probably something related to birthday. I'm not a big fan of my birthday. Um, I think the weirdest thing I find about birthdays is like back in the day, my marketing social media before Instagram was big is I just added everyone that was semi-relevant to what I was doing with PTC on Facebook. So I have like 3,500 Facebook friends or something stupid. and I don't know any of them. You know, I don't know 3,500 people personally. It's so many people just say happy birthday that you don't know or message you. Hey, I hope you're having an amazing day. And it's nice, but it's also kind of weird. It's like this reminder that your life is so available to others. And I'm very private. I'm a very private, like silent sort of person. And so, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's a grievance as much as <laughs> <Your> just <laughs> like <that's laughs> a statement. It's,
3: I was going to say, I think that's a beautiful thing. Like, I like it mm. when it's like, I don't really care, but like, I like it when it's my birthday and, you know, a friend thought of me on that day. They saw it was my birthday. Ah, oh, They I'm didn't gonna... think of you. They saw it on Facebook. <laughs> yeah, they but, got a notification. Yeah, but they didn't have to spend their time to
0: type it out. Do you the, know what I mean? It's just, it's a nice gesture. The irony yeah. is I do it and sometimes I just do it to complete strangers as well. <laughs> you know, like that, because again, I've got all these friends on Facebook in, in air quotes and I'll just be like, oh, you know, like, um, I don't know. Joseph Franco, happy birthday, man. <laughs> Hope you have the best day ever. <laughs> no, you're right, actually. Because sometimes
3: on my birthday, I'll look through and I'm like, I don't actually fucking know that person. Yeah. And I, I'll go through the page. I'm like, nah, where,
1: where have I met this person? Yeah, Why yeah. am I friends with them? How, when did we Yeah, get added? Like, I don't, yeah, I get that all the time.
0: <laughs> so I'll tell you something quirky about me as well. I generally don't save people's phone numbers. I remember people by the last four digits of their number instead of like having them in my in my really? contacts. Yeah. it's wild. Yeah. yeah. I have all you guys saved. I have all the staff saved. Mm. But even some of my closest friends, I don't have their numbers saved. I just remember the last four digits of their phone number. It used to okay. be the last three digits, but then I got caught out with people who had the same last three digits. So I extended it. What? Change, changed my system recently. Anyway. Changed
3: my system? <laughs> yeah. But I got a real...
0: I get... Text messages, you know, just like you guys do, you get text messages on your birthday and maybe it's people from years ago who mm. you don't have their number anymore or for me, I never have anyone's numbers. I got this real weird message that was like, happy birthday, Thomas, no emotion. And the T was a, like a lowercase T. And then it was like, I hope this year reaches your expectations. Like what a weird birthday <laughs> message. I feel like I got birthday message from Dwight Schrute. <laughs> like it was just oh. like, I hope this year is your expectation. What? Oh, thanks.
3: Oh, uh, but how was your birthday?
0: Uh, uncomfortable, but good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> do, you feel, do you feel older? Uh,
0: no, nah. Feels quite sprightly. Nice,
3: that's good. Thirty-three years, young baby. Unless you ask me about my hips, <laughs> and
1: but I they felt very old. I <laughs> felt old for about ten years now, though. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So today's episode, we're talking about five tips to improve your coaching. Um, You guys are giving me five questions here to discuss. First one, tip number one, having a collaborative relationship with your client.
0: So Bridget, you kind of threw this out there. Where did did you come up with this?
2: Um, Just with, I'm not throwing shade on anyone. Let me preface this by saying that. But um, my old trainer always thought he sort of knew what was best when it came to my goals and wouldn't really listen to what I had to input. So I think it's really important. Communication is very important between trainer and client. So, yeah.
0: What What do you think was missing in that? So, you know, you're obviously paying this person because you see value in their knowledge and expertise. And so yeah. there's an element of like you're putting your trust and your faith in them. What did you need in that circumstance to feel like um, – this person was was working in your best interest? Like what did you actually need from them in that moment?
2: I just needed my trainer to listen to me more, uh-huh. to listen to what I was saying. He was quite new to the industry as well. So I think he was trying to sort of prove his worth mm-hmm. a little bit as well. And I wasn't in the fin- fitness industry at the time. So I think he thought I didn't really know much. So it was up to him to sort of make the decisions, the final decisions. But yeah, just communicate more. Mm-hmm. and Listen ca- to your client.
0: Ca- ca- again w- just making the point we're not throwing shade on this person i have mm. no idea who this person is and neither does anyone else besides yeah. you what specifically did you feel like you weren't getting heard about like how can you give us a specific example as to how you felt your goals weren't being worked towards
2: uh so i went to this person cuz i wanted to gain size but they were getting me to do things like uphill sprints and we would spend like 45 minutes just sprinting and i'm like this is not Getting me towards my goal. I'm pretty sure all. this is. I'm pretty <laughs> this sure this opposite. isn't how you get this, bigger. This is <laughs> the opposite of what I was expecting to be doing. And like yeah. I, I, was paying this person for an hour session where I would just spend running.
3: Yeah, uh, I've done yeah. that. I went to someone uh, when I was like 19 in the off season for footy, and I said, oh, yeah, "I, I want to get, you know, I want to get stronger because I wasn't very strong." And he got me doing. Uh, what's that? I forgot what it's called. Is it called Zoo?
2: Yeah, that was another thing that he used yeah. to get me to do. It's based on animal movement. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
3: So, so I was doing zoo, yeah, and you know nice. that was apparently going to get me stronger. What what zoo? Fro-
2: frog squats and um, bear crawls oh. and yeah, yeah it's, uh, a,
0: it's almost like a cross between. Zumba and yoga. Yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and I was like, but I knew, I like I didn't really know, but I was like, I'm pretty sure this isn't how you get stronger. All mm. my friend all my friends are doing cleans, they're doing <laughs> so, squats. Yeah. Wait,
0: wait, wait. So you did zoo but why are you still so unflexible? Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah. Just I don't know. I can't answer that. But yeah, so yeah, I did that and I was like, nah, this isn't right. Why are all my friends fucking, you know, lifting weights and I'm doing this shit? So that lasted like two sessions. So I think that's a good example of uh you know, a poor collaborative effort on behalf of a client and a coach. Like in terms of, he didn't really help me. He didn't meet my needs. He didn't help mm-hmm. me. Re- uh, there was well, there was no clear expectations to begin with. Yeah. Well, actually, there was. I said, I "Want to get fucking stronger?" Mm-hmm. Um, and he couldn't fulfill those needs. He just leaned into his biases, which don't didn't fit my goals.
0: Uh-huh. So I want to flip it on you, Bridget. Mm let's say now you are the trainer in this scenario like you're training someone here and they say i feel like what we are doing is not working towards what i want what do you do in that moment
2: i would ask them if they could tell me exactly why they felt that way Mm -hmm. and then um yeah we'd i'd just get their opinion and we'd start changing up their training to sort of make actually i have an example of that um last night i was training a young girl and she's very nervous when she comes in here and she doesn't really want to do the things that I tell her to do. So what we decided to do was I said, all right, we're going to work each muscle group, but I'm going to let you pick your favourite exercises. And so now she feels better and she feels like she's she's working towards her goal, but she's doing it the way she wants to do it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. That's I cool. That. Yeah.
3: You said it was like a breakthrough session as it well. It
2: was. Like. It was. Yeah. That's so really we had cool. a really good chat and we've... Um, we compromised and we came to an understanding. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm very happy.
0: Yeah, cool. Because I, I wanted to ask these questions in, in like to, to you guys in terms of it's really interesting, this whole idea of a collaborative approach because, I mean, you guys know me well enough to know that my coaching style is very down the line and very like what I say is, is what we're doing kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And, and it's not militant, uh, but it's very much um, – a representation of the kind of people that come to me for coaching. The kind of people that come to me for coaching want to be told exactly what to do because they're high performing athletes and they're putting all their faith and trust in me. And on the complete opposite end of that scale is people who have no knowledge or no understanding of training and fitness and all this sort of stuff. And they are, you know, really influenced by what they see in social media or what they read on Google or whatever. And so they sometimes come, with you, come to you with ideas like, I feel like I should be doing this. And you know, deep down, that's not what they should be doing. And then you get the opportunity in that moment to make the decision as what you do, as to what you do. You either put your foot down and be arrogant and be like, no, 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 you're wrong. I'm right. This is how it works. Listen to me. Or you do exactly what you identified when I asked that question, Bridget. I said, what did you need? You said, I just needed to be heard. Mm. You just need to listen to the client. Like, What are they actually saying? What do they want? What is their frustration? How can I do what then you did with... Uh, you know, the opposite. When you were the coach, how can I find a compromise that still allows us to do what I believe is right to do, but makes the client feel empowered that they have some decision-making in Mm -hmm. this process. And we do this at every level of coaching. Like I do it at my level of coaching, uh, but it's a lot less for me nowadays. There are things that I won't bend on, but there are also things that I don't care about as much. And it's more important to keep the person engaged. And we're always kind of finding this balance. Um, I think the risk there is that you get so collaborative that the person then ends up writing their own programming, driving their own training. And for me, as a coach, I want all of my clients' results to be dictated by me so that if they are failing, it's my fault, my responsibility. I can't put it back on them unless they haven't executed or they haven't done what they needed to do. Uh, And so like, there is this intricate balance that you have to find and so much of it literally comes down to exactly what you said, Bridget. People just want to be heard. Mm -hmm. They want to be listened to. And there are so many things that we can do as a coach where we just bite our tongue. We don't have to be right in that moment. We just have to hear them and give them what they need to be uh, felt heard. You know, they say, oh, I really feel like if I'm going to be uh, doing this, I need to be doing more stretching and I'm going to take up a yoga class. We don't say, no, stretching a waste of time. Yoga, you're just going to waste all your time and money. Like, do you really want to do that? Is that something that you see value in? Do you enjoy doing it? If the answer is to yes to it, fuck yeah, go do it. Because it doesn't influence or change what we can do to continue to make them work towards their goals. Sometimes we have to provide a little bit of education, but we need to do it in a soft way so that the person still feels heard and validated because that's going to continue to create the buy-in to what they're doing, which is going to produce the result. And then they'll see a tremendous sense of trust and value in investing in you. Have you had experiences like this, CJ? Not just with lifting, but other coaching uh, that you've you Know being a part of whether it's you know bashing dolls on the ground <laughs> or whatever
1: you do, um, yeah, I, I guess more from a consumer point of view. Um, I guess that's what I really like about training here at Zero under, under you guys' guidance is like being able to have a talk with you and just being heard. I think, um, and I honestly want to talk to my friends outside of Zero when they hear that it's a very lucrative thing for them because, like, oh, that's really cool, you know. I was like, oh, you don't just get you know, do this. And that's that you can actually talk about what, um, uh, yeah, your program and what you're doing and ask questions and maybe even make tweaks throughout the block and stuff like that. And I think that's awesome. Um, I think the big thing is, is like, um, just, yeah, wanting to be heard and hearing you guys actually explain why. So if I'm saying, oh gosh, I'm doing so much, like, i don't know why and you tell me the purpose like oh well this block does this and this is what we're doing and this is why we do this block and it builds foundations for this or so, well you know whatever the explanation is it gives me like um vision and when you have vision it's like it gives purpose to the pain mm, and so that's why i'm thinking like i was like talking to one of my mates and he's like oh, what are you doing i was like oh i'm doing five sets of eight at 160 <laughs> squatting and they're like yuck but in my head i'm like I'm thinking about squatting 300 one day Mm. and just like, that's like, okay, I'm willing to eat this, you know, for so long. And, and the fact that like, you're on board with me, you know what I mean? Like you, you want to see me succeed. And I know that your intent towards me isn't ill. Like it's, (laughs) you know, you want to see me win. So I, I back that, you know, we're in it together.
3: Yeah, for sure. And then like another thing as well, that's huge with the collaborate with a, you know, a collaborative approach is enjoyment. Like you want to have fun training, you want to have uh, you want to enjoy what you're doing, and if a collaborative approach where you, you know, you meet in the middle on certain uh, exercises or certain ideologies uh, makes a difference, then albeit, like at the end of the day, like they're paying for a service, they're paying for a product, um, you want it to be good, like so you obviously you don't want to bend away from uh, turn away from your biases too much, but you want to meet in the middle a little bit as well. Um, if it's a really, like CJ said, a really hyper-specific or specialized goal, if someone wants to, you know, if someone wants to run a sub three-hour marathon, there's, there's no compromise on some of the work that you have to do. Mm. Um, so, yeah, you've got to be really, uh, even though you want to be collaborative, you also got to, you know, you got to look at the big picture as well. Mm.
0: Which is what coaching is. It, it's having that big picture when, when a client really can only see what's happening in a snapshot at the moment you know we can step back we can see what's happened before what's going to happen we can be predictive and we so we can guide this person to understand what needs to be done and and purpose behind what we're doing um and it's an art like it's it's something that's quite difficult to teach it's something that you get from experience um and application over time yeah absolutely
1: um next
0: topic stop collaborate and listen (laughs)
1: number two being willing to admit you don't know something
0: no but let's just go back a step how good like that vanilla ice line is perfect (laughs) for what we just said i wish Mm. i came up with it earlier oh i didn't even think of it like that
2: (laughs) i just thought you're trying to stop
0: collaborate and listen all right ice is back (laughs) (laughs) a brand new invention go see jay it's okay grabs a hold of me tightly
1: (laughs) (laughs) i'm not gonna get the second point out being willing to admit you don't know something yeah oh I'll kick
3: this off. I don't know why, but, uh, it's very, cause I thought the same thing too. Whenever you get injured, or you have a little niggle. People always ask their coach or client, what should I do for this? Um, Cry. and, <laughs> yeah. and I always say like, when people ask me, Hey, I've got a really sore shoulder in here. When I do this, da, 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 I'm like, I don't know. You should probably see a physio. That's, that's literally so far out of my scope of practice. What you're describing to me right now, I, can't do anything to help you. I'm sorry. Mm
2: -hmm. I'm the same. And it's good when you don't know something because it makes me go and look Mm. it up and research it more.
3: Yeah, because the amount of times I've heard trainers or coaches, not no one in specific, but, you know, it's a very common thing in an industry where coaches know everything. Uh, You know, they've kind of just made up their own diagnosis and said, you know, do this, it'll be sweet, it'll fix it.
0: Yeah, for sure. And I think it is important for us as coaches to um, showcase to a client that we are willing to learn as well. So, you know, I, I think it's great that more and more people are willing to say it's okay to say, I don't know. But personally, I would say, I don't know is an incomplete statement. Like if you came to me in that scenario and you're like, hey, my shoulder's busted, what do I do about it? I'd say, I don't know, but here's what I think should happen. Mm-hmm. And here's what I'm going to do on my behalf to try and help you. I'm going to go talk to this person, that person, get some information while you go and get you know help from your physiotherapist. Um, if you can showcase to someone that you are invested and them getting better, that is where the 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 relationship is going to develop and mm-hmm. blossom. Because, like the the inherent fear of most trainers when they start off is being wrong, or it's a scarcity mindset of like, if I can't answer this question or help this person right now, I'm going to lose them as a client. I'm going to lose money. I'm going to lose business. The reality is, your business. You got to think same thing. Step back. Think long term. If you can help this person overcome this hurdle by collaborating collaborating with people who do know and who can help them then that's only going to strengthen that business relationship and mm-hmm. create long-lasting, ongoing relationships with clients. Like Our job at the end of the day is to get the best outcome for the client. That is our number one priority. And if we don't know something, we need to be open with them and tell them that and tell them that we are committed to helping them solve whatever problem it is. Um, I love that you brought up the fact, Bridget, that it's more than just, I don't know. It's, it is that desire to, to learn something. Mm-hmm. And when you are willing to admit that you don't know something, it's going to strengthen your desire to go out there and, and find out more information. Exactly. And you have to be willing to digest and understand what you learn. Like in, in James's example of, okay, I don't know what's wrong with you. You busted up, go see a physio. If you're a coach that does this fantastic, like absolutely hundred percent, the best thing that you can do in that circumstance, but go a step further. Try and listen to what the outcome is. Listen to what the injury is. Think back, how did we end up in this place? What were the things, the trends that I noticed leading into this? What was the programming trends, the technical trends? What did the physio say the injury was? What was the rehab protocol? Then you can have more confidence in saying, I think it's this I'd like you to go see this person who I trust to confirm. Uh, It's only going to strengthen your knowledge. It's going to strengthen the speed at which you can get on top of these issues. Uh, It's going to help direct the conversation. Like there's so many benefits to just paying attention. Like don't just say, I know, and be happy that you don't know something. Be actively invested in trying to improve your own knowledge and education so that even if you're not going to know that thing – like. I'm the same as you. I'm not a physio. I can't mm. diagnose injury, but I'm so good now at looking at someone get hurt and being like, I think it's this and this and this. I think the rehab is going to look like this. I want you to go talk to a physio to confirm it. And if they go to that physio and I'm wrong, great, I get to learn something. If I, they go to that physio and I'm right, they're like, wow, this guy knows his stuff. Yeah. Um, so there's so much benefit in just being hyper-focused on trying to fill in those gaps in your knowledge. Um, and it should be uh, what we all do as coaches is, Constantly learning and developing and practicing.
3: We're we're pretty lucky here at Zero. We can refer out to some really good physios. And um, in my experience, because I refer all my clients to pretty much the same physio, and um, it's really cool that I get to have a collaborative uh, collaborative relationship with the physio and the client. We're all in like a group chat, and it's pretty it's cool for the client to see that everyone's working together. Mm. Uh, obviously, for you know the desired outcome for you to be healthier, to be able to lift properly, lift. Uh, uh, pain free essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, we're, we're really lucky here in that regard. And that, um, yeah, so I've had, my clients have had really good experiences with, um, physios that we've referred out to. Cause like I said that, you know, that communication, uh, amongst the three is huge. And as a client that's, you know, it's like, fuck, these guys really care about me. Mm-hmm. They want to see me get better. Uh, he's adjusted his programming to suit this. Uh, he's added this in, uh, physios talking to him about this particular exercise you need to be doing before your sessions and yeah it's really cool
0: Mm. yeah and I mean we've we've been using the injury example but this extends into into anything like I mean you guys when you get clients if you're unsure of something you can just say I don't know I'll ask Thomas and Mm -hmm. then we can talk about it in my circumstance if I don't know I've always either referred out or I've gone and got education like in the past people have come in here and been like I really want to compete in weightlifting can you teach me how to clean and jerk and snatch and I'll be like Look, I can. It's going to be rubbish. You can go and see this coach who specializes in weightlifting. That's going to be your best option. Can you teach
2: it, weightlifting? The, I'm pretty sure I asked you that when I first started here and you said no.
0: Well, because I'm not an, a confident in it. Like I can teach you a clean and jerk and snatch, really? but it'll be a complete regurgitation of like the old Cal Strength videos. Jump and catch. Cal
3: Strength are the best videos, by the way. Oh, the best. <laughs> How come <laughs> we can't max best. out every Friday? <laughs> max out fridays that's sick yeah it's
0: it's different with weightlifting (laughs) you know this you know this you're just i'm not talking about Uh, (laughs) max out fridays (laughs) yeah and so if you're a coach and you get stuck on something go out and try and figure out what the answer is and you'll be surprised like you message people in 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 higher positions than you you know if you're a powerlifting coach in australia and you're coming up in the ranks if you message me or you message will crozier or you message you know jamie smith at strength culture we're the kind of people that are going to reply we will help you out and if it's a complicated thing we'll line up a call and we can talk to you about it you know even if it's a paid consult or something like that most people like us we're invested in seeing the community grow and get better and who cares if the, the person doesn't reply? You shot your shot, try someone else. Like go out and talk to people who can help you and try and get those answers. Information is everywhere. And if you're not invested in continuing to get better, you're going to be stagnant in your practice or you're going to fall behind while everyone else is trying to get better.
1: Mm. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> 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 no, I, I if I'm chiming in, yeah, like I feel... um. The the big thing uh, it, where I've learned in this, I'm not a coach, but um, when it comes to not knowing something that you know people might may ask you in an industry or whatever, I feel for me it was having to swallow my pride. Mm-hmm. And when you swallow your pride, it's actually very freeing because mm-hmm. when you when you can say I don't know something, it's you you have a very teachable heart, and it's different. You're not you know feeling insecure about oh I don't know this, and they're go- it's going to discredit me or whatever well I, i'm i'm sure you've
3: done this like as a videographer yourself yeah. and like photog- i'm sure people have asked you to do things that are outside of your scope your line of work where you've yeah. referred out you've been like hey that's not really what i do but i know someone who's really good at doing that
0: yeah absolutely mm. um i'd go further than that right like the the line of work that you do in freelance videography and photography it's always advancing and changing as the technology yeah. changes like you're constantly saying wow, I don't know. I don't know how to n- use this new camera. I don't know yeah. how to edit with this new software or this new update. And so you're constantly having to learn, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And you're you're following trends and how different style of video now. Like, yeah, I've noticed a <laughs> weird example, but now like w- with um, lifters that film themselves, they like to really underexpose their videos now, mm. which to me, like, I hate that. That's It's terrible, but- I've now adapted the way I, you know, grade my videos to that. So there's a lot of things. Even last night when my mate he wants to shoot like a very specific thing for um his business that he works at. And he asked me, you know, my camera uh choices and I gave him a list and then he came up with this one that I've never seen before. And I was like, Oh, I don't know, but let me get back to you. And I just did an hour of research and was like, Yeah, it's a great choice. This is this, these are the perks, these are the cons. So yeah, like um when you're at that place yeah you it's not like oh that took a hit on my pride that i didn't know about that you know i should know about these things i'm a videographer i think like it's one thing to like with you guys talking about like physios like it's easy i guess in that way it's easy to find knowing that that's not my lane i'm not a physio but even when it is something that as a coach you should know it's okay to not know everything because that's the kind of grace you should have for yourself Mm. that makes sense sure. Yeah.
2: I'd rather admit that I don't know than give somebody bad advice yeah. or wrong advice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
3: I feel like as well, I've never ever tried to make out that I'm a smart coach. Like, am you I good? Smart. Yeah. Am I a good coach? Yes. I've never once fucking tried to make it out that I'm a smart coach. So yeah, like, like I said, I've got no problem. Like you said, CJ showing grace and saying, Hey, I don't know. Uh but we'll, we'll, we'll do our best to figure this out. And, uh, we have to refer out that's what we're going to do
1: yeah yeah absolutely all right the third topic is keeping your relationship person professional (laughs) (laughs) let's keep personal no keep your keeping your relationship professional um so keeping your
3: relationship professional with your clients um it's very easy to cross that boundary uh in terms of friendships i'll talk about a um, like a more positive uh, side of that. You know, I've trained a few of my friends and, you know, it's for the hour, it's almost like a piss take mm. to an extent. It's like, man, you're paying for a service. I want to give you the best quality service you can. So we need to, you know, really dig our feet in and uh, give it all we've got here. But also the other way, it can go the other way around. You know, you get a little bit too close to a client. Um, and at the end of the day, coaching is about, uh, you know, support and guidance. Mm-hmm. And some people might take that support and guidance the wrong way and start, I guess unloading some uh, personal problems mm-hmm. and um, you know, it might seem okay. You might be, you you might think you're doing the right thing at the time, but obviously, you know, there's going to be like a compounding effect where it just piles up, piles up and it gets worse and worse every week before you, you know, you've gone too far. You're too, too deep into it now. So you need to, you need to kind of a,
0: create boundaries.
3: Yeah. You need to set those boundaries mm-hmm. right from the start.
0: Yeah. I mean, the coaching is such a, such a personal thing, but it is, a business transaction at the end of the day. Um, and what happens as you become bigger and bigger as a coach and get more and more clients, like we can't, humans can't handle that many really close relationships. And, um, you know, it's, it's really quite difficult sometimes to, uh, be able to ignore all the noise that you get when communication has changed you know, PTs doing this 10 years ago didn't, didn't have much in the way of electronic communication. You know, we definitely had it, but you know, these days you can send a a Facebook or Instagram message as soon as you think of it, the middle of the night on a Sunday night. And if the coach replies to that, it sets this unwritten expectation of, oh my, I can talk to my coach whenever I want. And then if you break that expectation, even though it was never written down, you know, even if your coaching expectations are clear, it makes the person think, oh wow, you know, this person used to talk to me all the time and now they don't. Do they not care about me anymore? And it's more on the, the end of the client can turn it very personal very quickly and it can blur the transactional nature of what we're doing. Um, and so it, it, is, it is something coming into this industry as a coach you have to be prepared to deal with. Like you have to be prepared for your phone to go off at weird times with messages about coaching and training. And you have to be good at looking at that and being like, you know what? I don't actually have to answer that right now. And sometimes it's actually negative if I answer that right mm. now, and it can be quite hard for people to ignore, because generally we're like, uh, we're you know, we're good people that just want to help people out whenever, wherever. And I've been logging can. out of
2: social media at night time mm. a lot now.
3: So yeah, just for transparency' sake, it's part of the reason why I got off Instagram. Mm. It was like I, because like you said, I, I created those boundaries. I let I let people message me whenever. I let people send me. Uh, lifting videos, crazy times that I'd answer. And um, it just, it all just kind of got too much for me. I was like, I don't want to do this right now.
0: Yeah. And I mean, it's easy as a coach to think you're doing the right thing and doing mm. that. And it's not that you're doing the wrong thing unless the person takes it the wrong way. And it's easy to take it the wrong way as the consumer. Um, and so, you know, people people will talk about my length of uh, time that it takes to respond sometimes or... um. You know, people will see me actively doing something. You know, maybe I, I post a, a an Instagram post and I've got unread messages and they wonder, well, he's got time to post this. Why hasn't he replied to my message? It's like, because it's work. And I mm-hmm. work when I'm working. and mm-hmm. Sometimes I'm not working. And it just so happens that the platforms in which I conduct some work and some work communication are the same things that I use to, you know, browse and look at dumb memes. You know, like, the, and that's totally okay. It's really hard to come to terms with that. And it's something I definitely struggled with as coaching changed, you know, like as coaching changed and switched more to social media, I was on my phone like 24 seven and it's really hard to break that habit. And it's really hard to be okay with leaving people on unread for a, for a day or a couple of days. You don't like to do it, Uh, but sometimes you have to, in order to manage all the other stuff that you've got going on and to just keep your mental health straight, Mm. you know? Um, So yeah, it's interesting as well. With this whole uh, professional versus like relationship nature of coaching, uh, it, it really influences, again, the transactional or the business nature where it, it can create fear in clients where they're not okay to speak up about, you know, issues with service or issues with product or even wanting to leave that product or, or service like the amount of conversations I've had over the years with prospective clients that are like, okay, I really want to sign up. Let's sign me up. Oh, by the way, what should I tell my current coach? Like what? You haven't even, you know, broken this because they're scared to do it. You know, it's, it's, um, such a weird thing. People are ups- scared of upsetting the, the, the business relationship because they're scared of hurting feelings. Uh, and that's not how coaching should be. You yeah. know, a coach that receives a message from a client saying, Hey, I'm not into the service anymore. I want to try something out. The the coach should be like, that's fantastic. I really want you to get the best for your training. I wish you all the best with whatever new venture you choose to go down. Uh, and if you're confident enough as a coach, you should be saying, is there anything that you can give me feedback on so I can improve my service and my product in the future? Uh, and that makes it sound so um, robotic, but that's the reality of, of what we're doing. Because it could just
3: be a really easy fix that where you weren't uh, meeting their needs. It's like, shit, I do not know that. That's
0: easy for me to do for the future. Mm, for sure. For sure. Um, and, uh, you know, giving giving the person the safety and the space to open up about their experience often leads to a very different answer than what you think it is. Or often it leads to a very, very simple objection or issue that can be spoken about. And maybe you don't keep them as a client, but certainly ending the relationship on a positive note is going to help you in the future anyway. Mm-hmm right that's awesome. well no because i think this is really relevant for you you're like the barber chair is like one of the yeah. historically one of the most sacred places Counselor, hard out yeah
1: um i think i don't really set boundaries but i enforce them if that makes sense so like mm-hmm. when when things start to get to a point where i'm like okay this is not okay then i'll enforce it but i don't really you know my yeah. first time that i'm cutting the hair by the
0: way we don't talk about <laughs> a b and c um so much of it is internal though right like if i bring up something that you're uncomfortable talking about you're probably just going to change the subject yeah
1: yeah pretty much um but yeah uh, for me it's like yeah I, I hear a lot of very personal things on the chair and whatnot but it's not it, it's not uh, for me i i don't know i i i don't it doesn't really cost me anything. I don't really divulge too much or unless, if, you know, I have that personal relationship with the person, you know, cutting your best friend or whatever. Or, yeah. But, um, yeah, I think for me, if I'm gonna, um, something I need to be weary of is probably when something that I hear or someone's open up to me about something or the relationship that I have with a client, if it starts spreading to outside of the chair i think that's when i need to check myself and be like why am i thinking about this or whatnot Mm. of course if it is a close friend of mine um that's different because the relationship is not because of the chair right um but yeah i'm i'm very open to yeah like here you know let people pretty much just divulge on me if i'm like if anything it's
3: it's funny you say that because um, whenever I sit in the chair, that's when we have our like deep conversations. Mm. And um, last time I was in the chair, there was someone else in here, and I was gutted because for me and CJ, that's like me and CJ's time mm. where we get to have those conversations we normally wouldn't. Yeah. Um. And it's you know it's just it's not even uh they're not even personal uh they're not always personal issues or things going on, but it's just you know I like to ask CJ questions about religion, his faith, and things like that, and it's kind of like. Yeah, it's our time. Well, Some I, I think it's our moment. time. Yeah.
0: You're the mm. boss. Why don't you give them the odds?
2: Are <laughs> 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 you talking about you? No. <laughs> 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 There's <laughs> someone Thomas. else in here. <laughs> <laughs> no.
1: uh, this is my office <laughs> and my gym <laughs> and I have a call right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like see that, that that's very different cuz my relationship with you is outside of the chair. Mm. But anyone else like it, the boundaries are different with everyone and You know, the only things I really take home with me is maybe things, details I remember about them that I can bring up next time they're in. Like, oh, how's your job? Or how did that interview go? Or whatever. Um, But yeah, nothing, uh, I've been pretty, I guess, lucky in that sense where nothing really goes outside of that. But my client are pretty much all male. Pretty much, they are all guys. Mm. So I don't, um, we're very like, I think it's funny because I feel like I'm an outlet to like a different world for them. Mm-hmm. Some that's not in there. So the stories I hear, I know sometimes are 90% BS. Yeah, But because I'm not in their mm-hmm. life, they're like, oh, he won't call me out on this. So <laughs> I live this fantasy. <laughs> like we see, you know, I'm just like, yeah, none of this is true. Like you're saying this, but I know it's not, true. but I let him have it. Like, I don't care. Like
3: I, I lean into that though. When I know it's bullshit,
1: I like, you know, I'm like, fuck, this is, this yeah. is entertaining. Yeah, this is absolutely. I'm yeah, yeah. like, no way. Yeah. <laughs> Dang, that, oh, but for me, it's great because like I'm naturally introverted, which I know that's horrible for this job, but uh, it's great when the client can just yap away so I can just cut and not have to carry a conversation. Mm. Um, and yeah, it's it's uh, like, I guess, therapeutic in that sense.
0: I just want to finish this point on, on, on saying that, um, you know, I, I made a big, a big thing there of, you know, staying professional, coaching trans- transactional, all of that. Um, I just want to say that it's not, a bad thing if you end up being really good friends with the client. Yeah. You know, like the, the best friends in the world that I have have come through this industry, have come through uh, people that were clients at some stage or they became clients. Mm-hmm. Stenzel, best friend, became a client. Benny Jeschke, he'll be in my life for as long as I live, I hope. You know, I never want to lose someone like that. He was a client. James, manager of the gym, client. Bridget, client, you know. Um, Daniel Carpenter, fucking zero billionaire now, <laughs> well, zero mogul <laughs> now, oh, you oh know, s- several gyms started as a client. You know, so it's, it's not, it's not a horrible thing to become friends with clients, but uh, it is important that if you do end up going down that route, that those two relationships stay very separate, um, which can be easier said than done. Like mm. if I, if I, you know, catching up with friends and I train them, I generally try not to talk about training. Mm. <laughs> I try to talk about, friend stuff whatever mm. that is which is normally training all right next <laughs> yeah.
1: point next point number four setting clear expectations
0: nice did i say this or did you say this um i think you did so why don't you kick us off tom yeah i'll kick us off <laughs> yeah why not this is so important and it follows on basically from all of the other points as well um you know, again, with, with this whole electronic communication, especially if you don't have clear expectations around when communication and coaching happens, it's just going to be 24-7 for you. You know, so f- for me, if you sign up as an online client with me, you get a check-in day and you will get a response on your check-in day within 48 hours of that check-in day. Like, you know, you're going to get that response within that 48 hours unless, you know, I'm half dead or whatever i'll let you know if i'm not going to make that for whatever reason but that very rarely if ever happens um and then if i talk to you outside of that it's a bonus like if we communicate about coaching it's a bonus outside of that and i will make the effort to do that at certain periods in and you know training cycles or um sometimes people will message me and be like oh i'm thinking i should do this and this and this and this and if it's not pressing i'll say great write it down in your check-in and i'll address it then um it's it's really important to have those clear expectations set um So, so many coaching problems are solved by just having a conversation right at the start. Like this is especially the case if you guys get a client who's eight weeks out of a comp and they say, okay, I'm a new client. I want you to peak me for this comp. If you don't have the conversation as to, okay, we're going to do what we can to get you to this comp, but understand that most of the work to get you as strong as you can be has already happened. So if you don't set PBs in the next eight weeks, that's not on us kind of thing. You know, like if you don't have that conversation early, it's it hits way uh, less powerfully if you have it after the comp and they had a terrible day. They just think yeah. you're a terrible coach. That you're
2: making excuses or something. Yeah, yeah, so you
0: have to lay out these expectations early about what's possible, about where you're going. Um, they can be hard conversations to have. You know, if, if CJ comes up to you and he's like, I want to squat 300 by the end of this training cycle, you know, you have to find out a way to put him down because that's just not going to happen, you know. Will he get there eventually? Probably of not. He, no, no. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not. No, will he get there eventually? Of course he will. You know, like he's got that in them. We know that. But if someone's expectation about when that can happen and the reality of it happening in that time frame isn't possible, we have to say that. If we don't say that, we're not covering our own ass. Mm. Uh, and so having clear expectations on both ends and setting those expectations from the start revisiting them when it's important to revisit them is going to be really important to make sure that that relationship is solid.
3: That's awesome. It's all true. Like, um, the expectations thing as well. This is, this is probably a little bit of my own insecurity though, but, um, like, uh, we talked about before the social media thing. Like I didn't, cr- I didn't, uh, make those expectations clear. Um, so, you know, I felt obliged you, yeah, we've spoke about this, like, you know, you don't really share anyone's lifting on used to when they tag you and stuff. I felt obliged to do it because I started doing it and then I just kept on doing it. And then what was eating me up was I just felt like, once again, not everyone's like this, but this is how bad my relationship was, was with social media. Um, and I guess it's a little bit of a insecurity too, was that, you know, I just felt like I was being consumed by powerlifting and it just, for me, it just made it feel like that was my whole identity, powerlifting. Mm -hmm. So, you know, getting off social media, well, one, I could have just made those expectations clear at the start, but two, getting off social media was like, you know, fixed a lot of the the issues, the underlying issues.
0: Yeah, that's it's a funny point, you know, like there's nothing anywhere that says if you're a client and you tag me in a video, I have to share it. Mm. So if I share it, it's a bonus. But if I share one person and another person tags me all the time and I don't share that particular they person. they get their feelings. Then like, well, why didn't they share me? Yeah. does he, Is he not proud of me? Does he not like me? Maybe I didn't see it. Maybe your account was proud of it and I'm not allowed to do it. You know, maybe there's a whole bunch of reasons as to why it didn't happen. The likelihood is it it just didn't didn't come across my radar or i thought about it and forgot about it or whatever like the like the likelihood is is something super innocent but i've genuinely lost clients over that like yeah, in the wow. past i've lost people who then have reported to other people and it's made its way back to me that they were unhappy that i didn't share this stuff on instagram wow. like how petty is that that's mm. a, that's what we're dealing with and so you know we talk about setting expectations it shouldn't like we shouldn't have to say to someone when they sign up to us I might share your videos. I might not like that. <laughs> yeah. That, that's not an expectation whatsoever. It's my social media. I can do whatever I want with it. Um, But so many of these expectations that get created are just unwritten. You know, mm-hmm. like people res- sending you messages in the middle of the night and you responding. No one talked about that. It just happened. And then they create their own expectation where your expectation might be something different. Um, So uh, am I saying that you need to talk about that stuff at the start? No, nah, no way. Um, but you need to be mindful if you see it happening to be able to pull back on it or to open up the conversation on it, um, which can be tricky sometimes. Anything else yeah. on expectations?
1: Um, well, yeah, you, you. I guess you guys are the coaches. So it's coming from, you know, your point of view, like setting expectations on, I guess, consumers. I think it's important to let if you are a consumer to it, it goes both ways. You know, like you, I've got to be okay with like. So I remember, like go, going into comp, um, I was like telling Bridge, I was like, "Oh, I want to pull two sixty five off the ground." That that was like my obnoxious goal, but I understood that was the obnoxious, you know, kind of thing. And y- you got to have that kind of grace for yourself as well and understanding as well. And, uh, th- and that's totally not her fault that I didn't pull that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so it's yeah. Uh, a lot of it i guess can come from insecurity and you know why did not she share my story or whatever which by the way i don't put that pressure on you but i always
2: share your story i know and you do <laughs> and you do
1: but that's not yeah i, I know you do that out of choice not because you feel i pressure you into doing yeah. it and I, I and if you did and it wouldn't like hurt me yeah. you know what i mean so like i, I think that's important into like it, with knowing that uh, i think that and if it does hurt me then that's on me, you know what I mean. That's not how
3: crazy is it that social media can have these effects, mm. right? But it shouldn't.
1: Yeah.
2: Everyone's chasing that external exactly. Validation. So
1: like, mm. if if mm. something like that hurts my pride, it's you got to look internally before you look out for someone to blame. I think that that's probably something people don't want to hear, but mm. it's so important because it's not like it's not your uh, value shouldn't be you know on whether your coach reshares your or the local gym that you trained at reshares your story or not or you know uh, i think you just train because it's what you just train mm. like it's for you i love james's virtue
0: sibling now that he's not on instagram (laughs) social social media has these effects on people it's just so sad well it's because it had that effect on me (laughs) yeah but man it it it, it fucks us all up like that's Mm, the mm. reality of it we've all got social media disease to some extent Mm. it's yeah it's crazy I, i am blown away so often not just by the comments make on weird things on social media, like something as simple as, oh, so-and-so didn't like my post. Mm. How do you even know that? Like think of the research lengths that you had to get. But then I find myself doing similar things, like seeking validation from people that don't matter or Mm. hearing someone's opinion and, you know, having this split second of like, oh, wow, that's kind of getting to me. And then snapping back to reality and be like, I don't care who this person is. Yeah, this person literally means nothing to me. It's a yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's a wild thing that mm. takes so much self control, self understanding, self restraint. Like it's yeah, it's,
1: it's literally that. What you say? It's you're checking yourself. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's like oh, why? Why?
1: That's okay to have those moments. I, I have them all the time. But yeah, to not just lash out and you know project externally, but to look into internally. Like oh, this doesn't matter. Mm. It, Yeah, you can't help how you feel, but yeah, it's a balancing act. All right. Our last point for today. Number five, focus on serving your clients and improving your product rather than focusing on what everyone else is doing. Bridget, this was your one?
2: No.
3: (laughs) (laughs) No, it wasn't. We, we kind of spoke about this last week on the podcast, but it's true, especially in coaching, you know, like you do something, you see other coaches doing something. Uh, what they're doing is a polar opposite to what you're doing and they're bashing, maybe not bashing, but they're saying, you know, they talk about why they don't use your method and it makes you question to an extent why why you're doing what you're doing. Um, is that right? Is that? Yeah, no, for yeah. sure,
0: for sure. Like the, the amount of people I see spend so much time arguing on the internet about stuff mm. that literally serves no one yeah like it's honestly like michael jackson popcorn gift material that's Mm. it like it doesn't get you clients it doesn't raise you up in the industry it doesn't help the clients that you currently have it doesn't help your business it's a genuine circle jerk waste of time yeah that's all it is uh and it's like like i think of the position of zero for example And I think we don't have to sit there and argue on the internet because all we do is focus on making our product better and focus on servicing our clients better. And if that means that our methods are different to someone else, who cares? Like all we care about is the client getting the best experience possible and as soon as you turn your attention away from what everyone else is doing and inward into what you are doing and that's not to say you know you shut out the world because you're going to learn a lot from everyone else but i mean like investing time and energy and hating on what other people are doing and instead looking at these people who you dislike that have more followers than you more business than you whatever and being like what are they doing right how can i learn from this person input that into my business and then spend the majority of that whinging time on your business instead. That's what's going to like really project you forward. And it's 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 easier said than done, you know, removing that sort of negativity that comes with looking at other people doing different things or saying different things. It's really quite difficult to be able to look at things more objectively and be like, okay, I disagree with everything this person believes, but what are they doing right? Why have they got more followers? Why have they got more business than me? Why have they got more clients than me? And then lean into that. Because there's so much more to this than the nitty gritty training aspects. Like if we're talking about coaching and business and you know popularity, whatever. There's so much more to it than just that. And there's so much that we can constantly be learning from other people, even the people that we don't like.
3: Because mm. um, you know, I've been I've been persuaded by uh, people's opinions on social media on certain things without actually knowing any better. Um, yeah. So like like you said, it's um you know sometimes you can lean into it more you can you can learn from them why why they why they're thinking like this um but other times you can just purely just focus on what you're doing and like you said make what you're doing
0: better yeah i don't know where I was going with that no 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 that's perfect and like the <laughs> the, the people that are ahead of you do you think that you know you being argumentative or trying to pull them down do you think that influences them too much probably not mm. you know the, the people that are ahead of you they are ahead because they they're doing exactly what we just said. They're focusing on being better. They're focusing on improving themselves, improving their businesses, improving the services they provide, improving the client outcomes and experiences. If you can direct your energy and effort into that, rather than being argumentative, rather than being negative, rather than looking for all the bad things in the industry, then you'll, you'll see so much more success. It always
3: baffles me though, when people do have those huge arguments on the internet. Like, do they like, after they've fucking written it down, they're like, fuck, I feel good now. I'm so glad I gave it to him. I'm so glad, you know, I told him that fucking his his pelvis should be in this position when he's squatting and not the way he's doing it. Like, he's not going to read that and go, fuck, he's right. I'm going to do it this way now.
0: Exactly. Exactly. And all all you do when you do that is you put a target on your head. Mm. Like people then look for you to be that argumentative person and it doesn't get you business. It just, it gets you attraction, but people are literally just watching the train wreck. Mm. Mm -hmm.
3: You literally, it's, that's all it is. Like, you know, we've all done it. You, uh, especially, you know, you follow someone and you're like, I don't know if I actually like this person, Mm. but I like watching this. Cause yeah, it's literally caught up f- in the drama yeah it's literally yeah. a fucking it's a car crash you just fucking yeah. you want to look away but you don't
0: and you know there are people that build brands on that controversy mm. and, and on that nature and, and, and do okay out of it but it's such a it's such a self-limiting behavior like they're always going to be capped because they've cut out the, the huge part of the market that are just free thinking regular sort of people that aren't going to buy from someone who's super negative and argumentative. Most people aren't like that. Mm. You, you you attract what you project and those people that are projecting this negative argumentative sort of position, they'll get those people and they'll make money out of them for sure. But it's such a small proportion of what the general populace is like. Sweet. Yeah.
1: I guess for me, like uh, my industry, it's art and yeah you, you can if your identity is in the things you create and whatnot it, it can be very um it can be quite hard when someone judges like a photo you took or you know an artist paints his painting and like oh it looks terrible like well, I put so much into this and i thought it was you know and i think i was having this conversation with um donnie shout out melbourne strength culture um the bro down, we we're at Pro Raw together and we we're just talking about like our camera gear and the kind of work that we do and the different kind of stuff. And um, I, I, I he was, he's never—he's not one to fr- uh, fray from saying like, oh, I, I got this idea from there and directly mm. implemented it and not to be so prideful in his work. And, and I'm, I was even telling him, I was like, oh, that looks awesome. If you ever see Zero doing that, <laughs> like, yeah. and he goes oh by all means mm. and we like i guess you we've come to the place where you understand nothing's original yeah anymore and yeah like i i feel it's really important to like understand how um yeah when you can let that go again it's freeing and you can be very um like it, it's it's good to have that competitive edge mm-hmm. like don't get me wrong i'm all for that but don't let it become a personal gripe against mm. someone. Like,
2: it's okay to be happy for someone who's doing better than yeah. you. Yeah, lift
1: each other up. Absolutely. Mm. Like, I was, I was watching this interview. I'm a huge fan of Coldplay and Chris Martin, their lead singer. He was saying like, yeah, of course, every um, songwriter has this like competitive thing about them. But of course, we're cheering each other on. He goes, when Adele wrote that song, I forgot what, I think it was, Rolling in the Deep. Mm. He was like, oh dang that was such a good song like an incredibly written song but he was also like i wish i wrote that (laughs) right there's that compared and i'm the same i'll see someone take like this drone shot or you know make this video for a gym or take that photo and i'm just like what an awesome shot that is it's so well composed i love how they graded it dang i wish i did that first but now i'm gonna do it you Mm. know what i mean it's not like oh now i hate that photographer Yeah, yeah you know what i mean um yeah and now i'm better for it and just like what you guys are saying, like, just focus on making you better instead of trying to pull other people down. It just doesn't, not logically, <laughs> doesn't really actually make sense when well. you say it. Mm. But yeah, that's that's us. That's all of us. Nice. Th- that's all of us. That's all the points. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. Um, give us five stars, like and subscribe on YouTube and we will
0: catch you next time. Thank
3: Bye.
1: you. Bye. Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for listening to The Zero Podcast. If you want more information, head to our Instagram, Zero underscore weakness, hit the link in the bio for all of our services and any information on upcoming workshops and events. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review so we can have a broader reach and answer more people's questions. Thank you once more.